Hello, Center Church, and welcome to week two in our series, God With Us. It's so great to see all of you online today, and uh, it's great to be together and to be experiencing what we call in the Christian Church Advent, to be preparing ourselves for Jesus' coming and His birth and the hope that that all brings. And I just want to give you an update from last week about the hope that you brought to our community. I'm just so proud to call Center Church home. Not proud in the sense of puffed up ego, but just amazing to be a part of a community that gives generously, that cares about the community and the, the people around us. And, and last week we partnered together with All In Sunday to give to two uh, organizations. And so it's exciting to say that we get to give uh, $5,000 to each of these two organizations. So thank you so much for partnering with us last week and being able to give to these two organizations. But above and beyond giving um, to Wagner Hills Farm and Cloverdale Community Kitchen, we've had other needs that have come up um, around our community. And actually, we have, um, we have two other organizations that we've partnered with. One of them is on a monthly basis that we partner with the Langley Food Bank. And so we've continued to give there as a result of your generosity, as well as we've been able to partner with Art Canada. And this fall, we planted three life-giving churches. And some of them are online, some of them are in person. But it's amazing to see uh, what we get invested in, as well as this week's Center Church. This week, we also got the opportunity, the school we used to meet at. Remember when we used to meet in person on Sunday mornings and not just on the screen? Like, <laughs> I, I actually, this is my first time preaching, no, no jokes, first time preaching live on a Sunday morning since March of this year. So it's been a long time. So it's great that I'm here with you today. But we got to partner with families from Katie Elementary School, the elementary school we used to meet at. We got to partner with uh, families there and provide hampers as well. And so this is all a result of your generosity center church. It's amazing that we get to bless our community in such profound and, and practical ways. And so thank you, Center Church, so much for your generosity. And you might say, well, I missed that opportunity, Josh. I missed the opportunity to give to the All in Sunday. And I just want to say this, is that we want to be a church that not only um, invests just in one month or on one Sunday, but we want to continue invest in our community. And so thank you so much for your consistent generosity. We've been able to give all year to different organizations, through our small groups, all those different things as a result of your generosity. So thank you so much. I hope that uh, update encourages you and blesses you today. And thank you, Center Church, for just stepping in, saying yes to the people in our community and for bringing hope and life to Wagner Hills Farms, uh, Cloverdale Community Kitchen, the Langley Food Bank, Art Canada, and our local school here just down the road from where I'm filming. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, speaking of acts of love, today we're going to be talking about love. And the second week of Advent, we actually find this. Uh, the first week we talked was about hope. And that's the first week of Advent. We talked about the hope of Jesus in his coming, not just to live with hope, but to live by the hope of Jesus. And today we're going to be talking about love, love. And it's not just this fuzzy feeling, right? Like some of us, we think of love as that feeling that kind of comes and it goes. And we know we're in love when we feel all those warm and fuzzies. And we know we're not when we don't feel the warm and fuzzies. Like when I first met Destiny. When I first met Destiny, oh man, my heart raced a little bit faster. 
And I remember she'd be around and I'd be like, ooh, I sense that she's around. And you get this warm and fuzzy feeling, you know, that somebody's around. If that weirds you out online, you can just put that in the chat and be like, that's weird. I don't want to hear you talk about that, right? But, you know, I just, uh, there's that feeling that's attached to that. And that um, initial excitement and that initial, oh, the joy of having that new relationship. And what's, what's awesome about relationships is it's more than just that feeling. And you might say, well, that's not awesome, but that is actually love, that it surpasses that initial moment of excitement. Then it gets to the more practical aspects of life where we learn to love past our feelings. And this is actually the biblical definition of love. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to share that with you today. And it goes past the feeling to this. This is the biblical definition of love. It is the decision to compassionately, righteously, and responsibly seek the well-being of another. That is what we see Jesus do in his gift to us in humanity of giving his life. Is he sought compassionately, righteously, and responsibly. He sought our well-being. And that's what Christmas is. It's celebrating the arrival of Jesus coming to earth, choosing to give his life for us. And so too, our response is more than just the, the warm and fuzzies. It's the intentional compassionate, righteous, and responsible way of seeking the well-being of another person. This is the visible, not purely intellectual understanding of love. Oh, I get love, Josh. I get it. Okay, does your life speak about love? Is there that sacrificial love, the same love that God has given to us? This is what the second week of Advent is. Preparing our hearts, preparing room for love to enter our lives so that we can share it with the world around us. And this is what we did last week with All in Sunday. We said to our community, we love you. And we don't just say those words, but we put action behind it. We said it's going to cost us something financially. It's going to cost us something. And you know what? We jumped in. And we said yes to a cause and we showed our community that we're not just here for a day. We're not just here for ourselves. We're here for you. And where did we come up with that love? Was it just something we came up with and we just, we just, it was kind of pie in the sky and then, oh, I just feel like today we should, no, no. We received Jesus's love and then we spread that love to the community around us. This is what we see is God's greatest act of love is sending his son Jesus to die on a cross for our sins because we didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. He gave it to us freely and so too love demands that response back to our community now we're going to go into a passage today in first john 4 verse 7 what i find fascinating about john is john uh most probably when we look at scholars they say that john the gospel of john uh the same writer that wrote the gospel of john wrote one two and three john as well and what's talked about with with john in particular is near the end of his life he lived longer than most disciples most disciples were were killed or martyrs for their faith john lived a, a fairly lengthy life he was part of the initial church in jerusalem he would have seen jesus and so um and, and he's also this disciple. He calls himself the disciple whom Jesus loves. And we see this over and over and over and over and over again in, in his literature that we, we see as we read through the Gospel of John and 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, this idea of love. So much so that uh, Jerome, as he talks about the, uh, um, the, this apostle John, that John would enter a room in his old age and he would be carried in because he couldn't walk anymore. And they'd plunk him down and he'd say, little ones, remember, Love 
one another. And it actually drove the early disciples crazy. They're like, we got to get into more deeper things here. We got to make sure that we get to that next level. We got to make sure we get into that, those more deeper theological conversations or doctrinal conversations. And John just said, you need to understand this important message, this message that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, what? So that ever who believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And in the same way that God pours out his love to us, we too are supposed to pour it out to the world. And this is the Apostle John. He's saying, I want you to understand this. So as you read the Gospel of John, and then 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, over and over and over again, we see this idea of love permeate those passages. And so today we're going to be heading into this scripture and the fundamental idea that John presents that love is the foundation of the Christian life. Not just great, rigid, intellectual thinking, but love is what predicates and love is what determines if we are, we are experiencing what God has for us and then helping the world experience that as well. So let's turn to 1 John 4, verse 7, and we're going to head into this text, and this is what John writes to the church. Most, most people, scholars, believe he was in Ephesus as he was writing this letter, and this is what he writes. The very first word says it all. Beloved. That's the very first word in this chapter, beloved. And he's saying something to the people he's writing to. He's saying those who are found in Jesus, those who have this relationship with God, who are daughters and who are sons of God, you're beloved. You're beloved. At this time, in the middle of an Advent season, where you feel like, man, maybe I don't got my eating habits down. Anyone? Anyone in the chat? Anyone eating habits? Or, or maybe you feel like, oh, I should be somewhere else. I should be calling people. I should be doing this. But, but we get into all these things that we should be. But we got to remember, in the middle of this season of Advent, that we are loved. Those of us that find ourselves in Christ, we are beloved. God's beloved kids. Like in the middle of all that you're going through, no. That you're loved. Maybe in the chat right now, and this might be a little bit awkward, and you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't maybe don't know some of these people. I'm just gonna challenge you right now that as you're reading the chat, like I see Miss Crystal's there, I see Becca in the chat, my wife Destiny, Leslie, I see you there, okay? Uh, all the Eckerts, I see you there, I see you there. You're like, oh, I didn't want to be called. You're there, okay? I just wanna challenge you to just tell those people in the chat right now, you're loved. You are loved by God. This is what John is getting at. You're beloved. You are loved by God. Put that in the chat. Call it out. Remind yourself today and remind those around you of God's love towards you. That's what he says, the very first in 1 John 4, 7. Beloved. Look what he says next. Let us love one another. For love what is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Those are big statements. This next verse Maybe one of the most powerful verses. And as a preacher, you're supposed to say, well, wait a minute, you know, you're not supposed to elevate one scripture over another. But when it talks about the attributes or the identity or the essence of God, we have to take notice. And this is what John writes in this next verse. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Powerful statement, big statement, challenging statement. Why? Look at the next line. Because God is love. God is love. And look at the next verse. And in this love of God, and in this love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world. This is what we celebrate at Christmas time, right? 
so that we might what live through him, through his death, his resurrection, and his sacrifice, we live now. And in this love, John calls Advent, John calls Jesus' birth, his gift to the world. God calls this, or John calls this an act of love. He says, in this love, not that we have loved God, what? But that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. He stood in the place of God's wrath and he said, I'm going to take it all so that you can stand before God pure, that you can stand before God clean, that you can stand before God forgiven. I so love you that I'm going to give you this gift. You don't have to earn it. You don't deserve it. I'm just going to give it to you. Why? John says, because he loves us. No one has ever seen God. But look at this. We want to see God during the Advent season. We want to see God in our relationships. We want to see God at work. Look at this. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us. And his love is what perfected in us. During this time, it's easy to be like, oh, can you believe those people not wearing masks? Can you, oh, this, you know what I'm talking about. I'm going to talk about driving on the road, right? You're not thinking about that person driving slowly in front of you, how loved by God they are. You think, man, get on the gas pedal. You know what I'm talking about? We, we have this heightened tension these days. And I just want to say that in all of it, we got to learn how to love well. Now, love doesn't just overlook wrong. Love doesn't just accept everything. There's discipline to love and, and, there, and, there, and there's those aspects to love as well, but... Do people around us know, first and foremost, that, that we love them and we care for them? Do our kids know? Do our spouses know? Do those friends around us know that we're loved? You know, as, as, as guys, I'm a, I'm a man speaking to men out there. We, we hold back these words, such powerful words that God speaks to us. Let's not hold back our words this Christmas. Let's be generous with our words, especially when we tell somebody We love them. And it's not a sign of weakness. Actually, a sign of weakness is when we can't express that to another. A sign of strength is when we know who we are confidently and we can say, I love you because I know that I'm loved by God. This word beloved is for those that place their hope and their faith in Jesus. They are the beloved, the daughters and sons of the King who are loved by their perfect father. And I want to say it again, those of you that are watching right now, maybe you're watching in person, live right now, or you're going to watch at a later time, you're, you're loved by God. You see, growing up, I didn't have this view of a loving God. If anything, I thought God was one of those people chasing me down for all the things I had done wrong. God was distant. He was absent. He was kind of just, I just felt God's judgment as a sinner, rather than his, his grace. Now, don't get me wrong. I, God doesn't overlook our sin. God confronts our sin. But what I missed in the Christian message, and I'm not just saying it was the church I grew up in. It was probably me. Do you ever notice that sometimes when you're like, looking back in your childhood and you're like, it was that person, it was that person. And then you look at it and you're like, no, it's probably more me than it was everyone else. But there was something about the, Christ, the Christmas message, something about the gospel that I missed. And what I missed was the whole idea The reason it all happened was John 3.16. I almost put that to the bottom of the list, but it's the top of the list. God's expression of love. And for those of you that are maybe here for the first time at Church Online, you might have heard a lot of different attributes of God, but not that He loves you. And today I want to remind you that it was an act of love that God sent Jesus. 
not an act of hate, not an act of retribution, an act of love. And so too, we need to display that same love to the world around us. And somebody displayed that love to me. As I began to question and wrestle through the Christian faith, somebody, it wasn't all the things they said right, even though good theology is good, and even though understanding the Bible is good, it was through other people's love and care for me that my heart opened to receive the message. And so let's be a church this Christmas that that loves and that cares for those people around us in the same way that one that one time somebody cared and loved for me when I was questioning. But in all of that, the last thing I thought in all of it was God's love towards me. And I just want you to know today that God's love is for you. Here in John 14, 1 verse 4, God is called love. God doesn't just do love. God is love. This is a clarifying statement of his identity. This is the essence of God's being, not just an action, but the very identity of God is his love. It's his attributes. God is one and yet three. How does that work? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all in relationship with each other, all submissive to one another in this, in this act of love towards one another. And it's in this way that God loves himself, that the Father loves the Son, and the Son loves the Father, and the Father loves the Holy Spirit, in this relationship where this, this love flows between these three. This loving, dynamic relationship, so too as we enter into a relationship with Jesus, God's love is towards us like God's love is towards Jesus. Think about that for a minute. God's nature is to love. To imagine that God does not love us continually is to deny his true nature towards us. Agape love is not earned, like I said before, or deserved. It is the, it's God's very nature towards us, and this is displayed radically in Jesus' coming to earth. Jesus' birth is both God entering the world and his love establishing a continual relationship with us. He is as much the source of love as much as he is the source of truth, light, justice, and life. What we celebrate on Christmas and this week of Advent is God sending his son as a radical display of love and his radical love in action towards us. This is God's decision to compassionately, righteously, and responsibly seek the well-being of the world, to give each person access back to himself because we had fallen short and access to the person of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, regardless of sin, regardless of past mistakes, failures, disappointments, that divorce, that job that you lost, the habitual sin that you can't break. These actions all are, are in the light of God's love are all secondary. God loves you through all the mistakes, through the sin, through the failure. It's us receiving that love that's the hard part. And today, as we conclude, as we head to the end of today's message, I'm going to pray for that. But God's radical love is towards you today. And John tells us here that we need to experience God's love in full. Because when we experience God's love in full, we learn to love like God towards other people. You want to learn to love your spouse better? Anyone out there? I need to learn, right? I, I feel like I love Destiny pretty good. Feel? I believe I love Destiny pretty good. But I can grow. But you need to love those in-laws? Ooh. Do you need to love your kids? Your coworkers? Your boss? The person that hurts you? Here's a big one. What about yourself? Learning to love yourself. In all of these dynamics, God's love doesn't just come and go. 
It's constant towards us. And to love those around us and to love ourselves like God loves us, we must experience his love. It's something that we need to allow permeate our experience during Christmas. And my prayer for you is that you would know how deep God's love is for you this Christmas. Not simply a feeling, although that may be a part, but his purpose to seek your well-being. To know that you're not alone in your home today. To know that you're not alone as you drive to work and you're in, in social distancing. To know that God is with you. Fear is displaced by God's love. For those of you who have chosen to follow Jesus, God is now with you. You are his beloved. God is with you. Therefore, love has now made its permanent home with you. And this is the hope of Christmas. That God has made his permanent home in us through the death and his resurrection of Jesus, who chose to come to earth, who chose to come to earth to pay for our sin, to pay the price that we couldn't pay because he loved us. And today, I don't know if you've been a Christian for a long time and you forgot this message or it seems distant from you, but I want to pray for you today. And for those of you, those, those others of you that haven't yet started this relationship with Jesus, I want to pray for you as well. That you would be able to experience this love as you choose to follow Jesus, as you open your heart to him and you receive him. That something changes in your life. You are new. Your identity changes. And you can receive the love of God that he so wants for you. But it starts with that relationship with Jesus. So I'm going to pray for you first, church, and then I'm going to pray for those that haven't yet started that relationship. But why don't we pray right now? God, thank you so much for your son that you sent to earth, that we celebrate at Christmas. Through all of the bustling, through all of the isolation, through all of the shutdowns and all of it, God, that we would know that you are near. That God, you are with us because Jesus has come. We know that you're near and you have made your home in our life. Encourage us, we pray. Help us to experience your love and to share your love with the world around us. Help us to understand more this Christmas of your love towards us, to understand what it means to be the beloved. We ask that we would we experience that today and whatever, whatever walls or whatever things are blocking us from experiencing you today, God, we ask that you would remove those so we could see you more clearly today. God, we open our hands and our hearts to you and we receive your love in the person of Jesus this Christmas. And for those of you that haven't taken that step towards Jesus, it starts with a decision. A decision to say yes to Jesus, to open your heart to Jesus, and to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. To believe that he died and he rose again from the dead. And if you would like to start that relationship today, you can pray this prayer. You can say, Jesus, thank you that you came to earth and you died for me and my sin. I ask for forgiveness for my sin and I turn away from my old life and I turn to you. Thank you for my new identity. Thank you for who you have made me. From this point on, I choose to serve you, love you, and give you my life. I turn back from all that was, and I turn to you. Thank you, God, for saving me. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer today, I am so excited for you. And let me be the first to congratulate you. 
And if you would like to take your next step, which we encourage you, tell somebody. Get in the chat or DM one of our church online hosts. Sandy is on the the feed right now. Reach out to us. Let us know that you made that decision and we'll follow up with you. Get a Bible into your hands and encourage you on your next step. For those of you that are in the chat right now, I want to say that we are praying for you today. If you need anything, you need encouragement, you need prayer, uh, whatever it is that you might feel like comes to mind that you need help with, uh, I want to just say, that uh, to reach out to us, DM us today. We are here for you. And uh, I hope so much that uh, you have an amazing Christmas season. We'll be back next week again, live here at Center Church. Bring somebody with you online, invite in the feed, and we'll see you next week. Have a great week.